going on guys welcome in welcome in to another episode of the chief zone podcast my name is farzin vasugian we are at the end of september and uh after thursday night football uh well the the rest of the week four games all happen in october it's already october amazing uh crazy but nonetheless we are here to talk about the chiefs as they play the jets later this week obviously we will break down the game I'll give you guys my prediction for that game. Should be uh, should be uh, a good one for the Chiefs once again. I'll uh, I'll just put that out there. Um, when you look at the uh, the numbers, uh, the Chiefs are just favored in um, in, in so many ways. Uh, so I'm very curious to see that and uh, how that goes. I'll give you guys my thoughts on that. Uh, I, you know we're at week three now. We're heading into week four, and I think this is a good time to look at the team and reflect a little bit. And uh, this is kind of where we know who's good, who's not in the NFL. So we can start talking about those kinds of things as well on this podcast. Uh, When you look at the Chiefs rankings, both on offense and on defense, a lot of good across the board. Uh, I think a lot of people are definitely like what they're going to hear on this podcast. So we'll get into that very shortly. Uh, Dean Blandino, the uh, rules expert for Fox was on Sirius XM NFL radio and the Jawan Taylor comment came, the Jawan Taylor situation, I should say, came up. Uh, you guys are gonna wanna hear what he said. Uh, he revealed something very interesting regarding the Jawan Taylor matter. Uh, all of that much more here on this episode of The Chief Zone. Again, appreciate you guys listening or watching live on Facebook and on YouTube for those of you watching and listening uh, archived on those uh, two pages or if you're listening to the podcast version on apple spotify wherever big thanks to everyone tuning in as uh, we get week four kicked off with the lions and the packers tomorrow night should be an interesting game there uh we'll do our week three roundup and maybe preview a couple of uh, week four matchups uh, as well not like in-depth uh, breakdown or anything like that but uh we'll definitely Get into that a little later on. By the way, for those of you who are watching live, again, big thanks to all of you. If you guys don't mind, please click the like button. Comment on the um, comment on uh, either Facebook or YouTube, depending where you're watching from. And I'll definitely read some comments uh, later on. I know the Red Friday live stream, uh, the Red Friday live chat, I should say, that is when we do a a lot of comment interactions. Uh, I haven't done that a lot with the podcast, uh, the midweek uh, Wednesday podcast, but I'm going to try to do that a little bit on this episode so if you guys don't mind please uh give this video a like and comment as well be patient with the comments uh i'll get to those a little later on um so if you guys have a question you want to get something out there you want to speak your mind uh comment below and uh we'll uh, get to those a little later on before we move on i want to let you guys know that this podcast is brought to you by seat geek go to SeatGeek.com. obviously football season is in full swing we still have some baseball games left as uh, we are in the waning stages of that season got a lot of things going on out there concerts whatever it is uh, there's a big concert uh, at arrowhead this week some of you guys might be in- interested in attending uh, even though it might uh, interfere with sunday night football but hey it's beyonce uh might be uh, worth it for some of you out there go to seatgeek.com get your tickets on there and i got a little uh, gift for you for you guys who've never purchased from seatgeek before Use my promo code Farzine and you will get $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek.com. That's SeatGeek.com, promo code Farzine for $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek. All right. Looking at the Chiefs as a team right now, let's start with the defense because that is where they've been pretty consistent all the way through uh, week one all the way to now. They're sixth in total defense. Their pass defense is the sixth best in the NFL. Their rush defense is 11th, just outside of the top 10. Points allowed, probably the most important stat, defensively speaking. Fourth best in the NFL. Uh, Really good uh, uh, defense there. And by the way, this is 
including the pick six in week one. And obviously, Blaine Gabbert, the backups going in there, not doing the uh, team any favors in this category by throwing those picks and allowing Chicago to get some points on the board. So that's all included. Even then, the Chiefs still have... Uh, they're, they're the fourth best. They've allowed the fourth fewest points in the NFL this season. When it comes to takeaways, they're 15th in that category. And I haven't said for a while. I think that's an area where the Chiefs really need to improve on for sure. Um, I know they're like six in the NFL in giveaways, which, you know, I, I think that's definitely something that needs to be addressed. But I don't think it's as bad as it looks because uh, two of those came when the uh, Chiefs backups were in uh, in the uh, Bears game. So. Uh, I think some of that is a little skewed, but nonetheless, uh, I, I think there's still pl plenty of time for the Chiefs to work on that. Look at the offense. Fifth in total offense. Passing offense, number five. Scoring, number nine. Obviously, that Bears game helped, and I'll tell you what, you look at the next few games, it's going to help even more. Uh, obviously, they've got the Jets. The Jets are one and two. They're 30. They're, they're dead last in the, in the NFL in points scored there. 12th best in points allowed, but they haven't played a lot of great teams. The Vikings are 16th in points scored, 7th most points allowed. That is the, the Week 5 game the, uh, where, where the Chiefs will visit the Vikings. Week 6, Thursday night football against Denver, 0-3. Vikings also 0-3 right now. Denver has allowed more points. That's not a shocker if you saw last week how they played against the Dolphins. Week 7 against the Chargers uh, just got their first win of the season. They're fifth in points scored, which is good, but they're also fifth in the most points allowed this year. So they've been allowing a lot of points on the season. Uh, and then week eight, you play Denver. You play Denver twice in three weeks. That's happened a couple of times between the Chiefs and Broncos. I remember in 2013, they played twice in three weeks. Uh, but Denver, uh, again, they are dead last in points allowed. Uh, the, the most uh, they've allowed. Uh, so these next five games... Kansas City has an opportunity to do some damage. Uh, they really do. I mean, listen, the Jets, I, I was looking forward to that just as much as anyone else. Uh, even non-Chiefs and Jets fans were excited about that one because that was uh, supposed to be the first uh, meeting between Rodgers and Mahomes, but instead it's going to end up being a bore fest of a Sunday night game. Uh, you got the Vikings, a team that uh, people thought were going to be much better this year. Not the case. Denver, people thought were going to be at least a little bit better on the, under Sean Payton, the complete opposite. And boy, I mean, talk about karma. Uh, throwing Nathaniel Hackett under the bus like that and uh, or, or taking a shot at him, whatever you want to call it, and looking like that, allowing 70 points, losing by 50, starting the year 0-3, uh, not a good look for Sean Payton whatsoever. Um so these next five games, definitely an opportunity for the Chiefs to uh, rack up the win total, rack up those stat numbers right there, because in week nine, that is probably going to be the biggest game of the season when the Chiefs go to Germany to play the Miami Dolphins in what's probably going to be a shootout, uh, as a lot, of, a lot of you guys have already been talking about that. During, uh, during the uh, postgame show on Sunday, a lot of you guys were talking about that in the, um, the postgame live chat, so... A lot of people already uh, looking forward to that one, but we still got five games before that. And in these next five games, man, the Chiefs have an opportunity to go 5-0 and uh, in this stretch and make it seven straight. So uh, I'm very curious to see uh, how the Chiefs try to uh, manage that as they go on. Patrick Mahomes, worth noting, he was on the injury report uh, today because of the ankle injury he suffered, but not really too big of a deal. He was a full participant in practice so uh, not too big of a deal ultimately, um, but we'll get into the injury report a little later. But the reason I make a point about the uh, the, the Patrick Mahomes uh, matter right there is, you know, if the ankle, if it's anything uh, that's concerning to the team, they can, you know, I mean, if you're anticipating blowouts in a lot of these games, you can maybe take Patrick Mahomes out a little early like you did in this one. Um yeah, sure, it would have been nice to try to compete with the Dolphins and score 70, just like they did on the same day. But at the end of the day, you don't get bonus points. You don't get extra wins for that kind of thing. So winning 41 to 10 is completely, I mean, it is just as good as any other blowout out there. Obviously not the same as 70 to 20, um, but still, nonetheless, uh, it is a good feeling. So the Chiefs. They're in the top 10 in a lot of categories on both offense and defense. And a lot of people have already talked about this. This really is the most balanced football team uh, the Chiefs have had in the Patrick Mahomes era. 
And I think in general, this Chiefs team just hasn't necessarily been the best in terms of having a balance. Even uh, during the Len Dawson years, uh, what was the golden era of Chiefs football pre-Patrick Mahomes? I mean, yeah, sure, you had some good offensive players there. You had uh, uh, you had Len Dawson, Otis Taylor, Ed Buddy, uh, Jim Tyreer, uh, 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 the center whose name escapes my mind right now. Um, a versatile guy also played some defense. Uh, you, you had some... Great players on that offense, but that unit, that, that team was more known for their defense. Um, I still think some of those guys on offense should be in the Hall of Fame. I understand Tyreer not being in for that reason, but uh, Buddy, uh, Taylor for sure. Uh, center, uh, no, not Center Rudd. Um, Jack Rudney is who I'm thinking of. Um, but again, there's a reason why the defense has so many Hall of Famers from that unit there. Uh, Bobby Bell, uh, Emmett Thomas, uh, Buck Buchanan. I, I mean, the list goes on. Willie Lanier. Uh, a lot of great players uh, on that defense in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and then in the 90s, when the Chiefs kind of picked it up after, you know, not, not so great showing in the 70s and the 80s. When you look at the Chiefs in the 90s, yeah, sure, you had Joe Montana, you had Marcus Allen, you had some good offensive players here and there. But again, you were mainly known for just the defense. Uh, and unfortunately, that was not enough to help the Chiefs have a deep postseason run, especially after Joe Montana retired. Then after the jo the uh, Marty Schottenheimer era, uh, shortly after that, Dick Vermeil comes in, and you're more known for the offense than d the defense. Um, and then when Andy Reid comes in, it's the defense that's kind of shining more than the offense. If you remember 2013, not really a great offensive showing from the Chiefs. And then 2014, that was the year where uh, they didn't throw a touchdown pass to a wide receiver. I know I'm getting a little off topic here. I, I, I'm, I'm going through history. My point is, this team hasn't really had a lot of seasons where both the offense and the defense have been great for a long period of time. Um, I, I think in general, we haven't seen that with this team's history. And right now, you have a very good defense and an offense that got off to a bit of a slow start, but they're starting to pick it up. They're starting to figure it out. And listen, when you have a lot of new faces at wide receiver, uh, like, like who are your wide receivers? Okay. Mark Wise, Valdez, Scantling, uh, Justin Watson. Okay. Those are the returning veterans. Sky Moore. He was a rookie last year that didn't get a lot of opportunities on offense. And you have uh, Kadarius Tony again. Yeah, sure. He's a, he's a returning player, but uh, a, a returning player that had his first full off season with the chiefs. Um, Rushy Rice, a rookie, uh, could, uh, uh, not Kadarius Tony, uh, Justin Ross, who obviously uh, has been waiting in the wings for a little bit, or I'm not sure to say a little bit more than that, but uh, finally getting his chance. So a lot of new faces on this uh, on this offense, um, especially at wide receivers, and I think it's you know gonna take some time. Uh, it took Juju Smith-Schuster some time last year when he was a, a new incoming player for the Chiefs' offense. Uh, took a little bit of time for Mahomes and Juju to get things down. Same with Juju, uh, Mahomes and MVS, and they eventually got going. So. I trust that this Chiefs offense, again, in the next five games, I mentioned uh, the schedule, the stats, the, the numbers there. Uh, very good opportunity for the Chiefs offense to establish a good rapport and get ready for that Germany game against the Dolphins because uh, these next five games, uh, certainly a good stretch. And listen, I know a lot of people would say, well, four and one's good. Yeah, but I think you got to go five and oh, you got, especially with the way you started uh, the season against the Lions. And, you know, again, these are all bad teams we're talking about here. The only loss that would be acceptable would be the Chargers. But even then, they're not looking like a good organized football team. They kind of look like they're in chaos at times. And I'll get into that a little later on when I do the week three roundup. But, man, in general, I just think this Chiefs team uh, really has all of the tools to go 5-0 and in these next five games and try to get a lot of things down before that Germany game against the Dolphins. I'm really excited for that, and I think this is going to be very interesting to see how the Chiefs do in these next uh, these next few games uh, getting ready uh, for the uh, Dolphins eventually. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, let's talk about this one real quickly. Dean Blandino, who is the rules expert for uh, the NFL on Fox. I think he does college games as well. Don't quote me on that. Um, but he's all over the place. He was on Sirius XM NFL radio on Tuesday afternoon. And he said he had a conversation with the assistant general manager of the Eagles. And they talked about 
Andy Reid's comments uh, Sunday after the game and Monday uh, because they took Juwan Taylor out of the game. Second week in a row, Juwan Taylor was yanked out of the game, but they put in Prince Tegawanagu, uh, who, by the way, was just uh, placed on IR recently, but they put Prince in and they supposedly told Prince, line up the same exact way Juwan Taylor lines up, which, you know, is, is a bit away from the line of scrimmage. And they weren't throwing the penalty flag at him. They weren't. Uh, and listen, there there are clips out there of Lane Johnson, um, the uh, the left tackle for the uh, the Cowboys. Uh, his name escapes my mind right now. I'll, I'll pull it up real quickly. Um, I mean, you're seeing it in other places. Uh, Tyron Smith, by the way, that's what I'm talking. Uh, I was thinking of. Uh, I mean, there are other offensive tackles doing what Jawan Taylor's doing. Um, but for whatever reason, Jawan Taylor is the one getting picked on. And I don't know exactly like what teams can do during the season if they have access to Roger Goodell or um, Al uh, Riveron, the, uh, the 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 main rules guy for the NFL. Like, I mean, I, Andy Reid's speaking up and, and is not really backing down from this. Yeah, I know in week two he said, okay, maybe he's got to adjust. But when other offensive tackles are doing the same thing and not getting picked on for it, then yeah, I, I, I can understand Andy Reid's complaint. Um, that essentially got the Chiefs uh, a, a touchdown taken away from them. So uh, I, I'm very curious to see how this unfolds this week, especially with the uh, broadcast crew this Sunday night, uh, Tariko and Collinsworth and their rules expert that made a big deal about the whole thing on um, uh, in the week one uh, season opener. I wonder, um, I, I just wonder how that topic is going to go because uh, you know it's going to be brought up during the broadcast. And I'm sure the broadcasters from that game will discuss it with Andy Reid when they uh, have a chance to, uh, to speak to the coaches um, for, for the game and uh, preview all of that. Uh, let me read some of you guys' comments real quickly here. Uh... Brad says the only Kelsey Swift that matters is the Eagles one. Uh, obviously, you're referring to DeAndre Smith and um, uh, Jason Kelsey. Uh, did you go see GNR a couple days ago? I don't know what GNR is. Um, yeah, but we just went over. I know I'm just catching up on your uh, on your comments here. Uh, Layla says, I like the defense, the youngest defense. Yes, this is a good point. I did not mention this. This is the youngest defense in the NFL. A lot of people, um, a lot of people were talking about this earlier this week and for the defense to be this good, um, man, it's, it's, it's off to a, a nice start. By the way, let me say this about Chris Jones. Cause I know I've talked about, you know, do you have to, you might need to pick and choose who you keep around. What if the chiefs did this? What if Brett Veach told Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, look, we know you're eligible for new deals, but we're going to ask you both to be patient for one more year and we'll give you what you want the following year so they can re-sign Chris Jones for 2024, front load that Chris Jones deal heavily that because Humphrey and Smith would still be on their rookie deals. Then in 2025, you re-sign Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, and you can afford those guys a little more because the Chris Jones deal, again, will be front-loaded for 2024. That's just, you know, my, I mean, a couch GM speak right there. So uh, take that for what it's worth to you. But uh, I, I was just thinking that the other way. They Listen, I don't want Chris Jones gone. I No one does. Unfortunately, there is this thing called a salary cap, and you got to prioritize who to keep around and who you decide to just part ways with. I think that might be the Chiefs' best course of action uh, when it comes to the salary cap and trying to keep everyone and working around all of that. That might be the best way to go about things for the Chiefs. I, I, that's something I was thinking of earlier this week because Chris Jones, he's been off to a great start. Chris Jones is actually right now the number one interior defensive player in the NFL. And also, who's the best cornerback in the NFL? Trent McDuffie. So, you have two defensive players who are the best at their positions right now. And this is a defense that is playing better than the offenses right now. Um, so it's, it's going to be exciting to see uh, how the, um, how the chiefs try to uh, continue that moving forward. And then obviously in the uh, off season, how they want to uh, go about things there. Scott says, we are getting a stud on defense after his suspension is over. That is true. Yeah. You're talking about Charles Ominahu. Um, he, a lot of hype from him coming from San Francisco. So, 
you know, what can he add to the mix once he comes back? So it's almost like you're getting a first round draft pick coming to your uh, coming to your defense uh, mid season and helping out. So I'm very curious to see how that um, how that unfolds. Brad says need to utilize McKinnon in the passing game more in my in, in your opinion. Yeah, and they kind of did that this past week. Um, they got all the running backs involved, which I thought was awesome. That was good to see. What's a deal for Travis Kelsey look like? Tight end or wide receiver money? Well, I, I don't know, Brad, but Travis Kelsey's made it clear in the um, in the Vanity Fair interview and in the other um, media as well that he's not looking to get paid much. Yeah, he's, he's making a lot of money. I think he's top five still in tight ends getting paid, but he's not looking to be number one. He's not looking to break any records in that area. Uh, a friend says Chiefs better not get too cute and fall asleep on the Jets. Those players on the Jets side have pride. Casey better stay committed to balance game, don't get one-dimensional. Yeah, that's a good point, and we'll get into that breakdown a little later on because that is very important to talk about the Chiefs and um, and their uh, their defense. Yeah, Dave, uh, Chris Jones was limited in practice today with the uh, groin injury, so we'll, uh, we'll uh, get into that a little later on. Uh, let me uh, quickly check on something real quickly. Yeah, now is a good time to go uh, through the uh, week three roundup. 49ers thought looked uh, great on Thursday Night Football. No surprise there. Uh, a few surprises here. The Browns surprised me with their one-sided win over the Titans. Another surprise to me was the Colts' overtime win over the Ravens. Colts are quietly 2-1, and one, probably the least talked about 2-1 and one team in the NFL. Another surprise to me was Jacksonville laying an egg against the Texans, uh, 37-17. The Jags actually got within seven at one point late in the third quarter, but the Texans had their fullback go through with that 85-yard kick return touchdown, which was uh, cool to see. And then Houston just never looked back. Is that the shortest kick return touchdown that's not an onside kick? That's got to be like the shortest kick return touchdown that's not an onside kick in NFL history. Um but it was pretty cool nonetheless. The biggest surprise, obviously, was the Cowboys just coming out flat in the uh, game against the Cardinals. Just no answer for the Cardinals whatsoever, which kind of, again, surprised you. I mean, listen, I'm surprised the Cowboys lost this game. But to me, like, I'm not buying into this Cowboys hype. I still think they're, you know, a bit overhyped. I, all the offseason talk about them going to the Super Bowl, like, I don't see it. I, st- I, I just don't. Um and, you know, their inconsistency just showed in this game. Uh, Packers came back against the Saints after Derek Carr's injury. Carr, you know, listen, I, I've had my opinions about it, but it just seems like he can't catch a break. He seems like he was doing really well to start off for the Saints, too, but hopefully he'll be all right. The Dolphins, obviously, we talked about this earlier, put up massive beatdown on the Broncos, 70-20. to 20. Uh, They could have kicked a field goal to break the record, but Mike McDaniel didn't. And quite honestly, I think if he knew, I don't think he knew. If he did know, I think I think he kicks that field goal. You have to. I mean, come on. That's what like let's say hypothetically, you never won a Super Bowl in your life. You can at least say you had the highest scoring team in a game of all time. Come on. I mean, like, like you already put 70 on them. Adding a field goal is nothing, it's not gonna make you look classless. Come on. Please. Uh Chargers, Vikings, boy. This was a weird one. Um, Chargers got their first win, but what the hell was Brandon Staley doing in this one? Uh, I have no issues with him going for it on fourth down, but the play call just was an awful one. And the Vikings, with no timeouts, taking their sweet time to the line of scrimmage and eventually just get picked off. Um, Vikings 0-3 in one-score games. Obviously 0-3 in all of their games this this season. Um, All of their games were one-score games, so they're 0-3. Which is crazy because that was their strength last year. They were, I think, 7-0 or 8-0 last year in one-score games. And now they're winless in all of their games, all of them being one-score games. So very interesting uh, 180 turn uh, in the wrong direction for the Vikings. Bills, Commanders, uh, Bills, you know, waking up a little bit lately. The Commanders had a last-minute field goal to prevent a shutout. By the way, notice how nobody is talking about the commanders and comparing them to the chiefs. I love Eric Manami. I do. And I think he needs to get a head coaching job. I think it's BS that he doesn't, uh, but I was getting tired of the comparisons. I thought it was way too premature. Um, 
Yeah, instead, uh, the NFL went from comparing the Chiefs to the Commanders to talking about Taylor Swift. Uh, that's where uh, that's where things have gone with the NFL media. Uh, Steelers Raiders again, kind of like the Chargers game. What was the decision? What was the um, what was the logic in going for a field goal late from Josh McDaniels? That was weird, and I could not have imagined being on that Raiders sideline uh, thinking that same thing. Electing to kick a field goal late in the game. Man, what were you doing? I don't get it. Uh, everyone from the announcers to fans online lashed out at Josh McDaniels for this. Like, here's my thing with Josh McDaniels. I remember in 09 when the Chiefs fired Herm Edwards and they were looking for a new coach. They eventually got Todd Haley. But I remember Josh McDaniels was the was the uh, hot free agent coach there. Everyone wanted Josh McDaniels, and people thought that you know with Scott Pioli, maybe the Chiefs could have brought him in because Josh McDaniels was viewed as a very smart, offensive minded coach, and I think he helped do some good things uh, when Mac Jones was there his rookie year, but. Uh, listen, this guy got a head coaching job with the Broncos. At one point, it looked like a fantastic hire. Remember when the Broncos were 6-0 and that year? And they looked like they were going to go to a Super Bowl. And then before, obviously, they crashed into a wall after that. But, um, you know, after that, the Colts did offer him a head coaching job. Yeah, he verbally accepted and then backed out. And then the Raiders uh, hire him as a head coach. I mean, there are three opportunities uh, of teams at least verbally, at the very least, hiring Josh McDaniels. I mean, how do you go from, you know, being a hot commodity as an assistant to just looking this bad? I mean, I actually thought the Raiders would move in the right direction a little bit with Josh McDaniels. But, man, it's just the guy's not. I mean, he's clueless as a head coach. It's bad. It's really bad. Um, which is a shame because they've got some great offensive players there in Renfro, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs. And you're really throwing this opportunity away with all these great players. Um, not good. Not good at all. Uh, Monday Night Football doubleheader, Eagles, Bucks. Uh, I mean, look, the Bucks, I know that they were 2 0, but the Eagles, I mean, no surprises there. They just shellacked the Bucks. And then Bagels, Rams, uh, was surprised by the Rams offense or lack thereof. Uh, until the last two minutes of the game, the uh, the Bengals fans were interesting in this one, as always. Uh, their fans were booing all first half long. And then uh, when the Bengals were up by 10 with five minutes to go, yeah, they got a little conservative, but you're up by 10 late in the game. You're about to get your first victory and the fans are booing. Up by 10 points. These are the same fans that love to tweet Chiefs fans. Oh, well, you're one, you're three, or you're one and three against Joe Burrow. Burrowhead Stadium. Yeah, okay, great. By the way, this is our first win since they had that stupid Burrowhead Stadium trash talk in the uh, proclamation from their mayor. I mean, that was that aged well, right? Um, what a joke. Um, Bengals, I mean, they're. They scored 19 points. I mean, calm down, Bengals fans. I, I know Bengals fans love to remind Chiefs fans. Oh, it's funny. Bengals fans who, again, come on my page. I, I, by the way, Bengals fans, nothing but love for you all. You guys are the ones commenting on my page, getting top fan badges. So I, I have no issues with the guys. But I think it's funny with the hypocrisy. Uh, the Chiefs beat the Jaguars 17-9. to And all the Bengals fans, oh, I, uh, Mahomes needed the defense to bail him out. What about Joe Burrow? Like, what do you what do you say about that? Joe Burrow's thrown two touchdown passes in three games. $275 million. Well spent. Money well spent. And by the way, don't bring up the injuries as an excuse. You guys don't get that rule. Uh, you guys are the ones that told me he'd be fine. So, yeah, Bengals fans know better than Chiefs fans, right? Get out of here. Uh, week four games. Uh, by the way. Bengals, they faked another injury. Go figure. Right as the guy was right by the sideline, he falls down. So expect that fine for them real soon. Uh, week four games. Um, the NFL International Series starts. I'm excited for this. I'm not a fan of the International Series, but hey, you know what? I, I, I'm weird like this. I don't like the International Games, but on game day, when you have your first game at 830 in the morning Central Time, yeah. 14 hours of almost nonstop NFL football. Yeah, give me that any day of the week, any Sunday. I will take that. I'm excited for that this Sunday. Uh, looking forward to that all the way through. Falcons, Jags. This might be a serious must-win situation for the Jags. Otherwise, they're going to start the season one and three and might need another late-season surge like they did last year. I know that's not ideal, but 
you know, I mean, you can't be doing that every single season. I know Bagels fans have been saying the same thing about their team. You can't be starting late like that all the time. Uh, starting bad like that early, I mean. Uh, Dolphins-Bills, this should seriously be an epic game. It's a shame it's not a primetime game, but a lot of people will be getting that game for the noon CBS game. Ravens-Browns, the winner of that will advance a 3-1 and one in the AFC North. Broncos-Bears, someone's always got to go. Same with Vikings-Panthers. So obviously, you know, yeah, winless teams, but th that should make for somewhat of a exciting ending to those games, usually. Uh, and then Bucks Saints. Uh, this is also an intriguing one. Two teams that I don't know if a lot of people thought would be as good as they are uh, to start off the first uh, couple of weeks. Um, I mentioned uh, Ravens Brown. Someone's going to go three and one in the AFC North. Bucks Saints. Someone's going to go three and one in the NFC South. So that'll be very interesting to see uh, in those uh, few games. Those are really the games that intrigue me the most. So I uh, just uh, felt like going over uh, those games to um, to start off here. All right, I will get into the Chiefs and Jets in a moment. Uh, listen, I know a lot of people have their opinions on the whole Taylor Swift thing. I will make this quick, I promise. Um, what a week for Travis Kelsey. Uh, since Taylor Swift attended the Chiefs game Sunday at Arrowhead, Travis Kelsey, has, uh, this was as of roughly 24 hours ago, so I'm sure the numbers have changed, but Travis Kelsey saw a 400% spike in his jersey sales. His podcast is dominating downloads right now. Uh, he added 383 Instagram followers. 24.3 million viewers watched the uh, Chiefs and uh, Bears game, number one watch game. Um, so obviously that's good. 63% jump in female viewership, ages uh, 18 through 49. <laughs> Three-time increase in chief searches on the web. Three-time increase in chief's sales on StubHub. Get your chief tickets while you can before the Swifties do. Uh, by the way, the Chiefs sold more tickets in a single day since the start of the season. So good on the Chiefs. Um, and even more so, like, here's how you know the craze is real. Okay. Let me, uh, let me get the picture for this. Uh, apologize. Not set up here. Um, let's go. Where is it? Look at this. This is on eBay. Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift used oxygen from Arrowhead stadium. W what is this? Like, okay, this is where it starts to get weird, okay? Um, I pray to God no one's bidding on this. But, I mean, you know how, how the world works. Someone's, someone's going to bid. Someone's going to do it. Um, listen, let me just say this. Because Travis Kelsey did talk about this on his podcast. And he did say, they actually did not dive into this very much. And he said that he wants to keep things private. Patrick Mahomes was asked about uh, meeting Taylor Swift. And he said, yeah, uh, she's cool and all, but we're going to keep that private, which I can understand. That's classy on his part. But Travis Kelsey is saying that he wants to keep it private. It's like, look, man, you're the one that made this public in the first place. And by the way, leaving Arrowhead Stadium in an open convertible with the two of you in it is not going to help you with your privacy. I'm not excusing people who followed them for those who followed them and took pictures. You're fucking creepy as hell. I, I, there's no ifs and or buts about it. That is creepy as hell. <laughs> um, Travis Kelsey claimed that people were like showing up at his house, taking pictures. I couldn't tell if he was joking or not, but he says they, they've got like professional cameras that are not iPhones. So that's weird. Um, by the way, this came out on TMZ. Uh, let me, um, Brad in the uh, YouTube chat says gotta be a scam. Yeah. So this came out on TMZ. Yeah. By the way, look at this guy's face. W look at him. What is he thinking? He's like, what the hell am I looking at right there? Like, look at a Taylor Swift from behind. Look at this woman, too. She's like, she's all, she's just glowing in it. Like, they're mesmerized, mesmerized by all of this. Um, look, 
this picture. You guys obviously see it. Some whoever is in Travis Kelsey's circle, there's going to be a lot of questions from Travis Kelsey. Um, this is this is not going to look good. Uh, listen, uh, y- y- I understand wanting things to be private, but it's just. It's not going to be private. It's just not. And here's the thing. I don't think Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are doing themselves any favors by going in an open convertible. I'm surprised Taylor Swift agreed to even get on that. If I'm like someone of Taylor Swift's caliber, I'm saying, look, we're not getting in an open convertible. We are going in, like we, we're going to be in a vehicle that has tinted windows. 100 percent. You you can't be getting in an open convertible like that and then saying, OK, all right, we're we're here to. We're here to, you know, keep things private. No, you, it, it doesn't, you can't have both, both ways. You just can't. Um, hey, listen, I wish them the best. I'm, I'm sure it's going to, um, uh, Eddie just texted me, my friend, Eddie, who was at the uh, Cowboys Cardinals game. Good for his Cardinals. Um, he just texted me, uh, and said, just listen to the new Heights podcast. Travis really has paparazzi outside his house now. L O L M A O. Yeah. That's that's where things are going. Uh, listen, let me just say one last thing. For those who are like annoyed by this Taylor Swift thing, the coverage from the media, take a deep breath, just breathe. Like, okay, have you guys turned on the news lately? There's a lot of shit in the news, okay? If this is like the most talked about thing on the news, just fucking smile, man. Like, if this is being, if this is like the most talked about story out there, for all the negativity we have in our world, and listen, I know there are people making this political, and oh, Brittany must be jealous. It's, it's like people shut up. This is like the happiest thing that could be on the news right now. Okay, um, it's there could be far worse things. Would you rather he, people talk about this, or would you rather people talk about the offense and the slow start they got off to? Come on, uh, she's a good luck charm, as far as I'm concerned. So. Um, and look, if she's going to be on primetime this week, if she's going to be at the game, obviously they're going to cut to her after every Travis catch, which, okay, look, first game, that's cute, adorable. I can understand it getting a little annoying, but again, it's not the worst thing in the world. There are far worse things that get talked about in the media. Um, if this is what Fox news, CNN, MSNBC, they're all talking about. So be it again. Uh, there's a lot of shit in the news. Um, I think everyone knows there's a debate tonight. Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to cover all the bad stuff in the news, uh, in the world, I should say. So just relax a little bit. If Taylor Swift's on your TV, you're more than welcome to look at your phone and turn away. Go grab a beer from the fridge. You'll be just fine. Um, I, I will say like, you know, especially with that picture coming out, I'm a little worried if this is going to start to impact Travis in a negative way, because yeah, that was supposed to be a very private event and it just got out. So that's weird. Okay. Back to football. I told, I promised it would just be a couple of minutes. Uh, let's talk about the jets because this is a team that, uh, listen, you thought the bears game was good. Um, okay. I'm, I'm, um, I'm apparently Willie Gay was trying to say something nice about the Jets offense and he's caught in some Twitter drama. Okay. Interesting. Uh, speaking of trying to say good things about the Jets, there's nothing good about the Jets. Look at their offense. They're last in total offense. They're last in passing the ball. They're last in running the ball. Take a wild guess. Where do you think they rank in points scored? You guessed it. They're last. Yeah. Congratulations, you got that right. Uh, Zach Wilson obviously taking over for Aaron Rodgers. Just over 52% of his throws completed. Two touchdowns, four picks. Obviously not a good stat line. Sacked eight times. Was sacked twice in the Monday Night Football game over the Bills. And three times uh, each of the last two games against the Cowboys and against the Patriots in that low-scoring Cowboys game. Or, excuse me, Patriots game. He's averaging 155 yards per game. Obviously, they're last and passing for a reason. That's why uh, Brees Hall, uh, he statistically speaking, he's a bright spot. 26 carries for 154 yards, 5.9 yards per carry. That sounds nice, right? But when you actually look at it, 
If you watch the games, he ran four times for nine yards against Dallas. He ran 12 times for 18 yards against the Pats. Obviously, uh, a lot of those, uh, that yard per carry average comes from the Monday Night Football win over the Bills. Uh, They also have Dalvin Cook, who came in from Minnesota, who has 25 carries for 58 yards. That is even worse. Um, the only rushing touchdown they have is from their fullback, Nick Bowden. He has, okay, listen to the, listen to the stat line and I need some help here. So help me out. He has one carry for one yard and one touchdown. He also has a first down. So he only has one carry on the, on the year and he has a touchdown and a first down. So if you, if you have a touchdown, does that count as a first down statistically? I did not think it did. But that is something I learned when I was doing research on the Jets. Evidently, that counts as a uh, first down, at least on ESPN's um, stats. So that was interesting to me. Uh, The actual only bright spot uh, for the offense is Garrett Wilson. Um, 12 catches, 165 yards, two touchdowns, scored a touchdown in each of the first two weeks. Uh, Alan Lazard, after uh, after Garrett Wilson, it's really hard to find anything, though. Alan Lazard, seven catches for 108 yards. Tyler Conklin, he's second on the team in receptions with nine for 78 yards. Randall Cobb, this guy was dangerous at one point. One catch for 12 yards. Um, Cobb and Lazard were those guys coming over from the Packers to join Aaron Rodgers. Uh, by the way, check this out. McCole Hardman, obviously we're very familiar with McCole Hardman. He has one catch for six yards, and I saw him lash out on Twitter recently, where he ta- he wasn't really happy with the with the recent uh, criticism he's been receiving about injuries, and he's talking about how there are some things that people don't know about, and I'm wondering what that is. Obviously, the injury return for him was weird last year, coming back really at the eleventh hour from the uh, designated IR spot. Um, I thought that was odd. Uh, I mean, everyone, no one knew what was going on. Everyone was questioning things. Um, by the way, they have their rookie right guard, Joe Tipman, second round pick out of Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, you look at Zach Wilson, he's been sacked eight times, three times in the last two games. Uh, I mean, Chris Jones, what a, what a week for him, right? Uh, going up against a rookie, possibly at times, uh, and uh, a chance to uh, get closer and closer to those incentives. So, could be uh, could be a pretty good uh, night for uh, for this Chiefs defense once again. I mean, they're last in every. The Jets are last in everything, so the Chiefs really have a chance to uh, to make some things happen in this game. Before we move on, I want to give a shout out to another sponsor of ours, Manscaped. Manscaped's got a lot of great products. So, gentlemen, you got a beard, you got you got some hair on your body. Ladies, you want to hook up that special man in your life, whether it's your husband, boyfriend, father, brother, whoever that is, Manscaped is a great gift to give to them. They got a lot of great products. They've got the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker, um, uh, so many great products over at manscaped.com. And I'll say this, they're up there in prices, but if you use my promo code FARZINE20 at checkout on manscaped.com, you get 20% off and free shipping. So again, you go to Manscaped's website. They have a wide variety of things. They, they got a great collection of products there. Um, and listen, I'll tell you what. I've used other products. They're not as good as Manscaped. Manscaped is unmatched. So go to manscaped.com. Get yourself a product from Manscaped. Use the promo code FARZINE20. You will get 20% off and free shipping. And by the way, that's not just for first-time customers. You can use that multiple times. Manscaped.com at checkout. Use the promo code Farzine20 for 20% off and free shipping. All right. Let's get back into the Jets and talk about their defense this time. Their defense, 20th in total defense, 16th against the pass, right in the middle, 23rd against the run, 12th in points per uh, game allowed. Uh, But they haven't really played a lot of great offenses either. So especially against the Patriots, allowing only 15, but unable to come come away with a win in that one. Look at some of their uh, defensive players. Quentin Williams. They have Quentin Williams. They have Quincy Williams, and they have Quentin Jefferson. Great trio there. Uh, Quentin Williams has three tackles for a loss. This is the defensive tackle that got a new deal in the offseason for them. Quincy Williams, their linebacker, has got two tackles for a loss. Quentin Jefferson has two tackles for a loss. Also has two sacks out of six. He's got the most sacks on the team. Al Woods, another good defensive tackle for them, has two defensive tackles for a loss and a sack. So they've got uh, they've got a bit of a solid uh, front front line there on the defense. In fact, Isaiah Pacheco 
he was doing his Wednesday press conference and uh, he was asked about what he sees from the Jets defense. And he said that he sees a lot of hungry guys, a lot of tough guys on that defense there. So um, should be very interesting to see how this uh, Jets defensive line tries to match up against the Chiefs offensive line. I think that's going to be an interesting battle to watch at the line of scrimmage. Uh, their best players uh, got to be in their secondary, though. Sauce Gardner, their cornerback who was drafted last year out of Cincinnati. Uh, same uh, same place uh, Travis Kelsey went to. Uh Sauce Gardner has a one force fumble on the year. Uh, statistically, he's not a guy who thrives a lot, but man, he's a really good cover corner. Uh, he won defensive rookie of the year last year. First team, all pro pro bowler, all rookie team, all that stuff as a rookie last year. He's a lot like Richard Sherman in size too. Six, three, 200 pounds. Sherman, uh, according to his Wikipedia, 205 pounds. So very similar in size. By the way, remember Sean Smith of the chiefs, formerly of the chiefs, I should say, who was six, three also. And a lot of people made a big deal about his height. Sean Smith was, uh, was a bit, um, bigger though, 220 pounds. So uh, he had more weight than um, than Sauce Gardner, but similar in, in height though. So one of the taller cornerbacks in the uh, in the league in all of football, you'll really see Jordan Whitehead. He's responsible for all three interceptions for the Jets this year. In fact, all three of them were against Josh Allen in that Monday night game. Uh, their return specialist. Xavier Gibson, he has one of five total return touchdowns on the year on special teams in three weeks so far. He had that epic punt return touchdown in week one in overtime to win the game over the Bills. Um, but man, that's that's really it. You don't have a lot of bright spots. I mean, you you have um, Brees Hall, who looked great on Monday night, week one, but that's it for him. Garrett Wilson's been somewhat consistent for the, uh, for the Jets. Sauce Gardner, you can never count him out. Um, Jordan Whitehead. Again, you know, look good in week one, but we haven't seen much of him uh, after that. Uh, real quick look at the injury report. Uh, Noah Gray did not practice due to an illness. Nick Bolton still out of commission because of the ankle injury. Uh, Chris Jones had a groin injury that he's been dealing with. He was limited in practice. Kadarius Tony also limited as well. Uh, the Chiefs have a lot of player on their players, I should say, on their injury report. Mike Edwards, Brian Cook, Mahomes, Willie Gay, um, Isaiah Pacheco, Nick Jones, Donovan Smith, LJ. Jalen Watson, Justin Watson, but they were all full participants. So despite having 14 players on the injury report, a lot of them were, were full participants. And listen, I think the Chiefs are more honest on the injury report than most teams are. Um, I mean, listen, like uh, Justin Watson's ankle injury or Jalen Watson's shoulder injury, they could have not told us and no one would have found out. Nobody. Uh, unless someone just blab blabs it out. Plain and simple. So uh, a lot of players on the injury report, but uh, nothing uh, really to be concerned about. The only big one would be Nick Bolton, who obviously did not play last week. Didn't hurt them too much. I suppose it would not hurt them too much this week. Uh, so we'll see on that. For the Jets, uh, I, I mentioned Brees Hall. He has a knee injury he's dealing with. Their kicker, Greg Zorline, has a right groin injury, but was a full participant in practice. Um, other than that, nothing really uh, to discuss with the rest of their injury report that is worth noting here. So, yeah, you look at the Jets in general. They just don't have a great team overall in general. Uh, my score prediction in this one, obviously, we saw the Chiefs go uh, go off against the Bears 41 to 10. Um, I'm expecting a little bit of a similar output in this one. I think um, I think you'll see the. Jets get some points late during garbage time. And I think the Chiefs, you know, they're not going to try to match last week's, uh, but I think they'll still be able to put up a lot of points and uh, probably probably wrap this up like early in the third quarter. I'm going 31-17 Kansas City. Uh, I can see Patrick Mahomes coming off the field once again. Probably a good idea to give Blaine Gabbard some reps in this one because he did not look good last week. God forbid anything happens to Patrick Mahomes. Blaine Gabbert's your guy. Not Chad Henney anymore. Blaine Gabbert. So this would be an opportunity to see the Chiefs try to use him and give him opportunities, God forbid, in case he's the guy that they need to rely on for a longer period of time. So I am going 31-17 Kansas City to win and advance to 3-1. and one. Richard says, how will Taylor Swift affect Patrick Mahomes' legacy? Yeah, I mean, that's 
That's what everyone's talking about. After seeing the Cards beat the Cowboys, Giants come back against Cards. Let's not take this team lightly. I mean, listen, Daniel, I get what you're saying. I'm not a player, though, so I don't have to take them lightly. But in general, look, I I think the Chiefs are going to take care of business. I really do. You got your tickets for Monday Night Football. Christmas. Awesome. Enjoy that. I don't think that's Monday night, though. That is a um, that's a day game. That is a 12 o'clock game. So double check the uh, double check the time on your uh, on your ticket there, Joseph. Double check the time. Ashley says, I'm just glad Travis said today to please stay out of his private life. So I want to go back to football. Listen, let me say something to you guys that want football talk. I, I, I'm all for football talk. I've been posting football talk, but you guys are commenting far more on the Taylor Swift stuff than the football stuff. That's not my fault. That's your guys' fault. Come on. Um, by the way, I love the people who are like, I don't care about Taylor Swift, but they write like a massive paragraph in the comment section about why they don't care. Come on. What are you doing here? Be better. Uh, anyway, I think the Chiefs are going to be better this week. Uh, record-wise, they'll improve to 3-1. and one. Should be a very good week for the Chiefs. Uh, and I... Listen... If a superstar is there, expect a lot of... uh, By the way, I forgot to mention one more thing. Um, So I've got a source close to NBC Sports uh, PR department. They are expecting playoff-like numbers in terms of viewership for this one. So, yeah. Expect a lot of camera shots to to good old T-Swift. They'll be showing her a lot on the the broadcast. So you can enjoy it. You can complain. You can do whatever you want. No one's dying at the end of the day because of this. So let's all relax a little bit. All right. My name is Farzee Vasugan. That'll do it for this episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. Join me this Friday for our Red Friday live chat. We will do that as we do each and every single Friday. We will also do a pregame live chat. Since it's a Sunday night game, I do want to tune into the other games. I'm going to do our Sunday pregame chat a little early so join me around 10 or 11 o'clock for that one we will do our halftime live stream and our post game live stream like we do every single post game that will go side and uh, hand in hand with the chief zone podcast the post game that is all right you guys have heard enough of me i'm gonna let you go enjoy the rest of your wednesday enjoy the rest of your week i'll talk to you guys later i'm farzee vasugian take care